and I thought, well, really, there aren't any bits of the Bible that we should be scared of. And we definitely shouldn't avoid reading bits of the Bible. But there are probably bits of the Bible that we don't read quite so often. Um, but I'm sure, we'll be, I'm sure we'll be fine. And once they've been expertly explained to you, it'll be fine. Um, so find an expert later and ask them to explain it. Yes, darling. So our first one is from Leviticus. Um, and I think Aaron's going to read that to us. And I think you've got the hard job. Well done. Thank you. This is a reading from Leviticus 16, verses 1 to 10, the, new, the Day of Atonement. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons who died after they entered the Lord's presence and burned the wrong kind of fire before him. The Lord said to Moses, Warn your brother Aaron, do, do not it. Not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. If he does, he will die. For the ark's cover, the place of atonement, is there. And I myself am present, present in the cloud above the atonement cover. When Aaron enters the sanctuary area, he must follow the instructions fully. He must bring a young bull for a sin offering and, and a ram for a burnt offering. He must put on his linen tunic and the linen undergarments worn next to his body. He must tie the linen sash around his waist and put the linen turban on his head. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself in the water before he puts them on. Aaron must take from the community of Israel the two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron will present his own bull as a sin offering to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord. Then he must take his two male, take the two male goats and present 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 them to the Lord at the entrance of the turbulence. He is to cast the sacred lots to determine which goat will be reserved as an offering to uh, to uh, to the Lord, which will carry the sins of the people. To the wilderness of Azazel. Aaron will then present a sin offering to the goat chosen by the Lord for the for the Lord. The other goat, the scapegoat, will chosen by the Lord will be sent away. Will be kept alive standing before the Lord when it is sent away to Azel in the wilderness. The people will be purified and made right with the Lord. When Aaron has finished purifying the most holy place and the turbulence at the, and the altar, he must present the live goat. He will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it, over it all the wickedness, rebellion and sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. Then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into a wilderness. As the goat goes into a wilderness, it will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. Fantastic. Fantastic, brilliantly well, well read. And some really awkward words in there as well. Normally I reserve these readings for Colin, but... Hello. And a really long reading as well, so thank you very much. Our second reading, no pressure, <laughs> is from Hebrews, and I think Erin's going to come and read that to us. Thanks, Erin.
Hebrews chapter 10 to 9, verses 19 to 25, a call per serve. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to hope, we affirm, for, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us, think as we, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Brilliant. Thank you very much. I'm glad I don't have prizes for best reader because I wouldn't be able to split you. Okay, so having picked those readings, now I've got to explain them. Right, let's see. Okay. And a few times people have said to me, What's your theme? What's your theme today? Now, I don't know, have you ever seen the program that's on Dave called uh, Alan Davis as yet untitled? I've sort of watched it. I don't watch it particularly often. But the idea is that some people meet up with Alan Davis and they sit around and they share stories. And he says, he says right, we haven't got a title for this program yet. And then, so we'll, we'll share our stories. And at the end, we'll come up with what the program could have been called. So I'll tell you what I've decided I was going to tell you. And then at the end, you can tell me what the theme was. How about that? And we'll probably have a different answer for every person in the room as well. But that's okay. Hello, darling. We, uh, yeah, so we had, we had some pretty difficult readings there. And the, and the, the one that, that Aaron read um, could have been a lot longer, but I thought I would cut out the specific detail of how the sacrifices were done and the, all the blood and gore and all that, because I thought, yeah, it is a family service. Right. Can I have a first slide? Right. Question. Does anyone know where this is? Anyone? Anyone know? There used to be a TV program. Yes. Buckingham Palace. Perfect. Spot on. Well done. I should have brought prizes, shouldn't I? But I didn't because I'm stingy. Okay. Next one. Does anyone know where that is? Straight away. Yes. Yep. Was that what you were going to say as well? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the two of you had your hands up, one behind the other. It's the White House. Yeah. Okay. That's in Washington, D.C. in the United States. Okay. And the last one. Oh, does anyone know where that is? Yeah. Is it Tim and Ann's new house? Anyone? It is. It's Arley Hall. Well done. Now, does anyone know what all three of these have in common? There's probably lots of things they have in common now that I've said that, but anyone know? Yeah? 
They're all owned by special people. That's a great answer. Yes. That's not quite the answer I had, but it's very close. So that's a brilliant answer. Anyone else good at reading my mind? Special places, grand houses, brilliant. I'm not aware that they're the same architect. I'll, I'll, I'll go and do some research and let you know. <laughs> not right now. But. Homes of leaders. A place people like to visit. I think between all of us, we've got to what was in my head, which is good. Which is that they are all places that are open to the public. You can go and visit them. But they all still have people who live there. Yeah? Which means sometimes when you go around, you'll see some of these. Don't you? Does anyone know what that little bit of very fancy looking rope means? Aaron? Well, yeah? Do not enter. Yes. You can go anywhere you like around the house, but you can't come in this bit. Because this bit is the queen's toilet. <laughs> it means you can't come in unless you've got the right credentials. I've brought my credentials with me this morning. You probably can't see it very well. This is my Manchester City Council ID badge. Those of you who know me well know I don't work for Manchester City Council. But I still have my Manchester City Council ID badge. And that means when I go to Manchester Town Hall, if you go to Manchester Town Hall, you can go into Manchester Town Hall, big one in the middle of Manchester, and you can walk round and it's really nice, but there's bits you can't go in. But I can. Because <laughs> I've still got the badge. And when you go in, there's a, bit, there's a bit and there's a nice staircase and it looks like something at Hogwarts. It's brilliant. And it says, no access to the general public. And I go in and I go, I'm not the general public. Got my badge. And I go up the stairs. They're not like the ones in Hogwarts. You actually have to walk up them. But, yeah, I get to see all the slightly grotty bits of Manchester Town Hall that the public don't get to see. So, if we think back to our other houses, can I make you jump about a bit, Colin? Is that, is that unfair? Can we go back to Buckingham Palace? There used to be a TV program when I was a kid called Through the Keyhole. And Lloyd Grossman would go and sort of snoop around people's houses and you'd see the inside of the house, not the outside. And he'd say, who would live in a house like this? I'm not going to try and do the voice. So in Buckingham Palace, who do you think is allowed to go wherever they like in Buckingham Palace? Yes. The Queen? Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, boys? Dads? Guards? Sorry. I'm getting old. I can't hear very well. Guards? The guards might be allowed to go in other bits, but they probably aren't allowed to go absolutely everywhere, but that's a great answer. Yeah. Pardon? Princess? Yeah. Yeah. A king? Yeah. Have you got an answer? The corgis? Yes. <laughs> the queen's pets? Yeah. Aaron? Prince William, yep. Diplomatic protection officers, says Mark. Okay. 
yeah, the queen and the royal family. But other people as well. If the queen, if the queen says, come and visit me, let's hang out, let's play pool in my secret pool room that nobody knows about in Buckingham Palace, you would be allowed in, wouldn't you? She'd have to send you a special pass so that you could get in, otherwise the guards would stop you. But if the queen said, yeah, you can come in this bit with me, or if Prince Charles said, or if Prince William said, yeah, let's go and visit Granny, then, yeah, you could possibly get into bits that the general public aren't allowed into. So what about the next one? The White House. Who can, who can go wherever they want in the White House? Yes. We're catching on now. Yes, the President and his children... The government's helpers, yeah, if you've ever watched the West Wing, that's set in the White House and all the people that work in the West Wing. Yeah, boys. The president's wife, yep. Yeah, Indy. Is that a mental block? Guards again, yeah. Yeah. The president's dog. Yeah, I think there's a White House cat as well. Is there a White House cat? Has its own Twitter feed. And again, you know, if President Obama phoned us up and said, Dave Grimshaw, come and visit me, you could go and visit him. Well, yeah, I thought he might have done. (laughs) Did anyone, as a complete aside, because I do these sometimes, did anyone watch um, Bear Grylls in Alaska with President Obama? Wasn't it good? I really enjoyed that. If, you don't, if you've not seen it, it would probably be available on the um, Channel 4 catch-up one, which I always get the name of wrong. Is it all four? All four, yeah. Have a look for it. It's really good. Again, yeah. The President of the United States, who is still President Obama until there's an election, and then let's all pray. And their family, and their friends. I'm guessing the president's kids might be allowed to invite friends from school home occasionally to the White House. Okay, let's go to Arley Hall. Go on, I'll give you a prize. If I had a prize, I'd give you a prize. If you can tell me who lives in Arley Hall. Hey, see, a new Malcolm would know. Do you know his title? Do you know his, any, any of the rest of his name, or do you just know him as Michael? See, to the rest of us, it would be Viscount Ashbrook, but to Malcolm, it's Michael. <laughs> Alice, keep your dress on, please, darling. That's a different kind of... Just, no. <laughs> Um, I did look up, Wikipedia did tell me that he's got a son who is his heir apparent and a grandson who is his heir apparent's heir apparent. That means that his son will be Viscount Ashbrook at some point and the grandson will be Viscount Ashbrook at some point. Yes? Pardon? I can't hear. Evil Evil queens. I don't think they'd let evil queens in, but you never know. 
Yeah, Michael. Michael lives there with his family, Viscount Ashbrook. Michael Warburton Flower. So, these are all places that we can only visit bits of because there's lots of these ropes around the place on the next slide to say you can't come in. Now, the Bible tells us about right back at the beginning when God had made the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve. That Adam and Eve used to live in the Garden of Eden with God. But then they thought they knew better than God. God had sort of told them the rules, if you like, for living in the Garden of Eden. But Adam and Eve thought they knew better. And they did things their own way. And then basically this happened. God said, no, if you're not going to behave, then you can't stay in the Garden of Eden. And he threw them out because they were naughty. And then that meant that they couldn't get as close to God as they used to be able to. And our first reading was all the rules that they had about how to get close to God. What they had was they had a big tent that didn't look like this, okay? But imagine this is a big tent. And inside the big tent, there was another tent. And only some people could go inside the first tent, but not the second tent. And then some other people were allowed to go inside the second tent. But inside that, there was another tent. And then, I'm not going to open this one because there's nothing inside. Inside that was the Holy of Holies. The really special bit where God was. And that was what the rules were about how to go there to be really close to God. And there was only one person that was allowed to do it, and that was Aaron. The high priest. And he was only allowed to do that once a year. And he could only do that after he'd done all those sacrifices and he'd got the goats and all the rest of it. And they had the two goats, weren't there? There was the one that was sacrificed and there was the one that was called the scapegoat. And that might be a word some of us have heard before. Has anyone ever been blamed for something they didn't do and they know they didn't do it but they still had to take... <laughs> and this... <laughs> But you still had to take the blame and you still had to be punished. Alice is usually our scapegoat, yeah. Who made this mess? Alice. I'm not sure it was Alice. Yes, it was Alice. And we'd still use that word. We'd talk about someone being made a scapegoat. And that goes all the way back to the people of Israel not being allowed in the, the temple. And they used to get this goat and they put their hands on it and they would and that would symbolize transferring all the stuff they'd done wrong onto this goat and then they'd send it off into the desert and it would take all their bad stuff into the desert with them and presumably they had someone on watch to make sure it didn't come back because <laughs> what you don't want is all your bad stuff coming back but it was an actual goat and it hadn't done anything wrong itself they'd try and find one that had nothing wrong with it but then it took everyone's sins away and that was the way the people of Israel did, did 
did that all the way up right through even into Jesus' time. But then Jesus, some people call him the Lamb of God. And if you were here a few weeks ago, Rachel was talking about Jesus being the Lamb of God. And he was blameless. And he hadn't done anything wrong. And he took all our wrong things and he took them away. And he was the final sacrifice. And that's what our second reading was talking about. It was saying that because Jesus died on the cross, that was like the last ever sacrifice that needed to be made so that people could get close to God. So now if we accept Jesus as our friend, then any of us can get close to God, not just one person. And we can get close to God any time we like, all the time, not just once a year. And we don't have to make sacrifices because Jesus was that sacrifice. It's a bit like sometimes people get adopted into someone else's family. Apparently in Japan, they, they, Japan has the highest rate of adopting adults because people who own big companies like Honda and things like that will look at their own son and go, oh, he's, a bit, he's a bit of a waster. So I'll tell you what, I'll adopt this other fella and I'll get him to be my son and he can run the company for me. But the company will stay in the family. So we often talk about kids getting adopted, but adults can get adopted too. And any of us can be adopted into God's family. But once we've been adopted into God's family, we have to remember to behave as if we're in God's family. You know, sometimes in the paper it'll say, oh, Prince, not Prince William, Prince Harry, it's always Prince Harry, isn't it? Prince Harry did this. This is no way for a member of the royal family to behave. You know, or if you're at school and you're going out on a school trip in your school uniform, the teachers will say, now, the way you behave is the way people will think of the school. Or if you're going out with brownies or guides or, or rainbows, you'll be told, won't you? Remember, you're wearing your uniform. If you behave badly, people will think that the guides is bad or brownies is bad or rainbows is bad. We don't take BB out, so they don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so anyone can be adopted into God's family. And it's, you just have to ask God, you just have to ask Jesus, can I be part of your family? I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that that means that I can get close to God and, and, and the stuff that gets between me and God doesn't have to be there. And that's why we had that prayer this morning when we said all the stuff that gets in the way, we can pray that and God will take it away. And God knows that we'll still make more mistakes, but that doesn't matter. He doesn't, he doesn't say, well, I'm not going to forgive that stuff you did because you'll just mess up again. He says, right, okay. But when we have become part of God's family, we have to remember to behave like God's family. And that was the, the very last bit of the second reading, which I'm going to try and find now. There it is, Hebrews chapter 10. Da, da, da. Sorry, I should have planned this better. And it's said, let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. Not just occasional bits of love and good deeds. Outbursts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, 
but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back is drawing near. So if we're part of God's family, we need to encourage each other into outbursts of love and good deeds. Now, a lot of us are on Facebook, so I'm looking for lots of Facebook feeds this week of outbursts of love and good deeds, okay? And then when we all meet together next week, because we're not going to neglect our meeting together, we can hear about all these outbursts of love and good deeds and show people that that's what it means to be a Christian, that to live as a Christian is outbursts of love and good deeds because Jesus died for us and we don't have to worry about the bad things we've done. There we go. Thank you very much.